Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Psychope Self-Help Podcast, a space for women where psychology illuminates paths to healing hope and personal growth. I'm Dr. Jennifer McManus, a clinical psychologist, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll explore a different way to use psychology to enhance emotional wellness. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, thanks for listening to the second episode of the Psychope Self-Help Podcast. So glad to have you here. If you heard the first episode, you know it was a brief introduction into the inspiration behind this podcast. I went into some of my personal and professional whys for starting a psychology-informed self-help podcast. On this episode, we're going to get into why this podcast focuses exclusively on self-help for women. The reality is, even though considerable progress has been made, there are still significant challenges and much work to be done when it comes to advancing women's mental health and emotional wellness. In just a moment here, I'm going to share some of the mental health challenges and complexities experienced by women. And by the end of the episode, we'll explore some ways to prioritize the emotional well-being of women. But first, I want to clarify that shining a light on women's mental health matters is not about excluding men or negating their experiences with mental health. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Human behavior is complex and best understood as occurring in the context of multiple interconnected systems. Being a woman and understanding the unique mental health challenges we face is but one facet of many important multicultural considerations of the human experience. In this episode, I'll primarily be summarizing research findings and sharing statistics relevant to women's mental health. But there may be occasions in which my own lived experience as a woman comes through. So, it's important to me to acknowledge that my perspective is that of a cisgender female of European ancestry who is living in the United States. I also want to provide a gentle alert before discussing the women's mental health challenges, because some of them are quite serious. We're going to be getting into some rather delicate subject matter on this episode. There's going to be mention of gender differences involving topics that may be triggering to some listeners. These topics include sexual assault, discrimination, sexual harassment, and suicide risk. These matters will not be discussed in great detail, though. So, now that these friendly cautions have been given, let's get into the challenges and complexities women experience in terms of mental health. In the big picture, there actually are more similarities than differences when it comes to mental health matters for women and men. There are, however, some significant differences between women and men in the area of mental health that are worthy of our awareness. Let's begin with generalized anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder, two of the most common mental health disorders. The rates of diagnoses of anxiety and depression are higher for women than they are for men. In fact, women are twice as likely as men to be diagnosed with anxiety or depression. 
Eating disorders such as anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating disorder are also more common mental health diagnoses for women than men. Another common mental health disorder that women experience more often than men is post-traumatic stress disorder, frequently shortened to PTSD. Although the general public is usually more familiar with combat-related PTSD, women are diagnosed with PTSD more than men due to a different type of traumatic event. When certain mental health symptoms are present, PTSD can also be diagnosed in survivors of sexual assaults which women are more likely to experience than men. Thoughts of suicide and suicide attempts are severe symptoms associated with mental illness. Research in the area of suicide risk shows that women are more likely to make a suicide attempt in their lifetimes than men. It is important to clarify, though, that while women make suicide attempts more often than men, men are actually more likely to die by suicide than women because men select more lethal means for suicide attempts. This is such a delicate area. Suicide attempts are associated with intense emotional pain, feelings of hopelessness, and other risk factors. Suicide has long been thought of as a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It is extremely hard for someone in intense emotional distress to see hope for the future, but hope is always there. I know this is a tender topic, so the show notes will include resources for suicide prevention and for anyone who may have lost someone to suicide. In addition to these mental health diagnoses and symptoms that are more common in women than in men, There are also mental health experiences that are totally unique to women. We must consider the impact a woman's menstrual cycle can have on her mental health. Some members of the general public may still subscribe to the idea that irritability in women with PMS is a result of raging hormones, but that is actually not the case. Premenstrual syndrome, commonly called PMS, can involve irritability as well as sadness during the week before menses, also known as a woman's period, but it is due to a decrease in relevant hormone levels, not elevations in them. Levels of estrogen and progesterone are lowest the week prior to menses and during menses. These phases of a woman's menstrual cycle are associated with increased anxiety and depressed mood. PMS can also exacerbate a pre-existing diagnosis of depression. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder, commonly called PMDD, is a severe form of PMS and is a formal mental health diagnosis. Symptoms of PMDD are unique to each woman with this diagnosis and may include mood symptoms like mood swings, irritability, anxiety, and depressed mood. PMDD symptoms may also involve increased sensitivity to rejection, self-deprecating thoughts, sleep difficulties, overeating, fatigue, bloating sensations, and muscle pain. Another important consideration in the area of women's mental health are the mental health vulnerabilities women can experience during and after pregnancy. Perinatal depression is a diagnosis of clinical depression occurring during pregnancy or within the year after giving birth. 
The term postpartum depression is also used to describe a clinical level of depression up to a year after giving birth. Unfortunately, many women who experience perinatal or postpartum depression do not seek treatment as their symptoms are minimized or thought to be the normal baby blues. Two final areas unique to women are the mental health issues women can experience during perimenopause and menopause. Transitioning into menopause, also known as perimenopause, and menopause itself involve hormonal changes and potential difficulty adjusting to new stages of life. Some women may experience mood swings, anxiety, and depression when going through perimenopause and menopause. Shifting a bit here, I now want to point out gender disparities that can negatively impact women's mental health. While notable changes have indeed been made in terms of gender inequalities in different segments of society, there are still substantial gender disparities that can have a negative impact on women's mental health. Take, for example, that women are more likely to be discriminated against due to their gender than are men. I also want to bring in gender disparities seen in the workplace. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, For every dollar men earned in 2020, women only earned 83 cents. The U.S. Census Bureau also reported on Equal Pay Day, which is how far into the next year women would have to work to make what men made that year. For the calendar year of 2021, women would have to work until March 15th, 2022 to earn what men earned in 2021. So women have to work the same 365 days as all the men in 2021, and then an extra two and a half months in 2022 to make the same amount. Another gender disparity seen in the workplace is that women are more likely to experience sexual harassment than are men. All of these disparities can have negative impacts on women's mental health and emotional well-being. These gender differences can even make women more vulnerable to developing mental health issues. Just interrupting here to tell you about a new resource I created for you. If you're experiencing high levels of work stress, this resource is for you. Please know you're not alone. So many women are tired of work stress seeping into every area of their lives. Perhaps you can relate and want to do something about the negative impact work stress is having on you, but aren't sure how to get started. If this resonates with you, then I'd like to invite you to take a brief moment for yourself and try the Your Path Through Work Stress quiz. In 10 introspective questions, you'll learn more about your unique experience of work stress and which science-backed stress relief tools are most likely to help you reclaim your peace. Just head on over to psychopecom slash your path so you can take the first step down your best path through work stress. The quiz will also be linked in the show notes. Another relevant challenge in the area of women's mental health involves obstacles to receiving treatment for women's mental health issues. Recent decades have seen an increase in efforts towards destigmatizing seeking mental health treatment, but mental health stigma is still present throughout many segments of society. In addition to mental health stigma getting in the way of seeking help, 
limited access to quality psychotherapy is another obstacle to receiving treatment for women's mental health issues. This is a systemic issue that disproportionately affects women of color. Even when there is access to quality psychotherapy, some women may believe that participating in their own psychotherapy is selfish. This obstacle to receiving treatment for women's mental health issues involves a mindset that everyone and everything else, like work, their partner, or children, come first. Many women may feel that they do not deserve the time to themselves that therapy requires. All right, so I realize up until this point of the episode, I have been discussing nothing but obstacles and problems. You've heard the mental health disorders and symptoms women are more likely to experience than men, along with mental health vulnerabilities unique to us. You've been reminded that not only do we still have a long way to go with minimizing gender disparities, but that they can have serious and negative impact on our mental health. And you just heard about the issue of access to mental health treatment for women. So hang in there with me because here is where we are going to shift the focus from the challenges and complexities to the steps we can take to prioritize the emotional well-being of women. For the rest of this episode, I'm going to touch upon both systems and mindset-oriented changes we can make. And the next episode will focus on more practical steps we can take on a daily basis to prioritize our own emotional well-being. So I have good news for you. Increasing awareness of women's mental health issues, which is what we've been doing up to this point, is the first step towards prioritizing the emotional well-being of women. Highlighting the mental health vulnerabilities of women is important. Awareness of areas of risk informs mental illness prevention, as well as early intervention when mental health issues do develop. The next important path towards prioritizing the emotional well-being of women is at more of a systems level. We need to go beyond simply acknowledging the disparities mentioned earlier, like salary and harassment. We need better policies at both the government and workplace level to address these gender disparities that can have serious consequences on women's mental health. When it comes to obstacles to receiving treatment for women's mental health issues, solutions lie at both the systems and the individual levels. Just as was the case with gender disparities, we need better policies in place to ensure all women have access to the mental health treatment they need. At the individual level, some of us may benefit from engaging in thoughtful exploration on what I consider to be a false belief that participating in one's own psychotherapy is selfish. Therapy, self-care, self-help, I would not consider any of these to be selfish. Your well-being and happiness matter too. The final meaningful path towards prioritizing women's emotional wellness is to treat women's mental health with the same level of importance as physical health. Mental health typically takes a back seat to physical health, which is unwise because mental health is essential to our overall health. In fact, mental health and physical health are highly interconnected. One example of the interconnectedness of mental health and physical health 
is the link between our psychological functioning to our immune and nervous systems. For example, when we're not feeling well emotionally, we're more susceptible to getting sick with a physical illness. Another example, and one that is perhaps more motivating, are the mental health benefits one can experience after engaging in physical exercise. Recent studies in this area have shown that physical exercise can impact symptoms of depression at the same level as some antidepressant medications. When the importance of women's mental health is minimized or even stigmatized, there are profound consequences. This minimization means that seeking treatment for women's mental health concerns or engaging in activities that could prevent future mental health issues for women are also not prioritized. Treating women's mental health with the same level of importance as physical health requires systemic change. The healthcare system needs better communication among all clinicians to move towards true holistic care. More businesses need to do a better job of understanding the mental health needs of their employees. For example, mental health days need to be normalized and considered the same as any sick day. As individual women, if we aren't already, we need to prioritize activities for our mental health just like we would those trips to the gym for our physical health or appearance. Now that we've explored some ways to prioritize the emotional well-being of women, what are your next steps? Does getting involved with the systemic change needed to advance women's mental health speak to you? Or did the individual mindset shifts seem like the best way to focus your energy? I hope this exploration of how we can prioritize the emotional well-being of women has inspired you to take action for yourself and the greater community. I view this podcast as a small contribution towards the advancement of women's mental health that is so needed. On the next episode, we'll explore daily commitments that women can make to improve their own emotional wellness. Be sure to follow this podcast wherever you may be listening so you can catch that episode. Till next time. The information shared on the Psych Hope Self-Help Podcast is done so with the understanding that it does not constitute professional help nor is it a substitute for professional help. If you think you might benefit from more than self-help, there are resources listed in the show notes.